0: Welcome to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. I'm Joey Roberts. Welcome to 15 Minutes of Fearless. We are digging into advanced strategies for scaling your Amazon business. Welcome, Jamie Davidson. Hey, Joey. Great to be here. Jamie Davidson is a top 100 seller on Amazon, meaning he has sold over one hundred thousand dollars, million dollars. I'm saying this wrong, but anyway, he's sold so much stuff on Amazon, and he has a massive warehouse. So that's why I have invited him. Today, to talk about advanced strategies for scaling your Amazon business. And he's also my business partner at AMZ Insiders. Jamie, you ready to dive in?
1: I'm ready. Let's do it.
0: One of the f- things that I have learned from you from the beginning of my Amazon journey is how important forecasting is. And I ha- forecasted for marketing budgets before, but it is very different when you are the owner of a company. So, Jamie, you grew basically over, I think it was like eight or 10 years from pretty much nothing, scratch, to $100 million in sales on Amazon. What can you give us for forecasting?
1: Yeah, so forecasting is super important with your business. Uh, I like to view it beyond just the aspect of a quote-unquote Amazon business, but even think about it if you're in the retail industry. So back in the day, actually, a little known fact was uh, that I ran a Home Depot as a store manager. And so you think of a big box retailer, there's actually a lot to be learned around inventory management, around how those type of operations work. And I think a lot of Amazon sellers maybe don't necessarily have that experience. And so they don't necessarily know um, how this forecasting thing works. And it can really sneak up on you because you're dealing with a physical product. So um, the point about the whether it's a big box retailer, you know a Walmart or a Home Depot, um, or your e- own e-commerce business, is there's this concept of turns, which is a retail standard, which is super important. So a turn is how quickly you get your entire inventory in and that you sell through your inventory. right? And so like if you sell it through your entire inventory, let's say you have a million dollars of inventory on hand, If you turn that inventory seven times in the course of a year, then that's like $7 million worth of inventory that you've turned, or that's seven turns. But anyways, that concept is super important when you're running your Amazon business. And it's really important for Amazon in terms of what they charge you in terms of uh, long-term storage fees and things like that on their warehouses, because they're dealing with the same issue. So kind of the big picture concept we're talking about is that your inventory is clogging up capital. Right. On one hand, yeah. if it sits there too long, it clogs up capital. And the way you, the way, and this is what we did is the way you make a lot of money is you turn that inventory quickly. Right. And so, and that can be tricky because uh, it's a very fine balancing act to the point of forecasting about how long, you know, how much inventory you have, how much you don't. But at the extent you can get inventory in and move it out quickly, then your return on capital, the return on those dollars you're putting in towards inventory goes way up. Um, but if you mess it up and you don't have any understanding of your forecasting, Uh, Either way, then you're out of stock or then, then of course, big problems happen. But I'm happy to go more in depth uh, as needed.
0: And I remember when I was scaling in my business and I came to you because I was trying to forecast for the next um, quarter, let's say, like quarter and a half. And I had to write a huge check for the amount of inventory that I wanted to turn. And it was hard. And I came to you and I was like, this is how much money I actually have to write. And, you know, I was like pulling in $300,000 a month at this time. So I was on my way up Um, and you gave me good advice. Do you remember what the advice was?
1: Uh, I think it was something on like get used to spending a lot of money on inventory if you, if you grow. But uh, I remember that point, but
0: uh, yeah, it was something you said, you better get used to it. And I was like, Ooh, It's like I better forecast better so that it doesn't feel so painful when I have to write those checks, like anticipating that those big checks are coming. Um, And speaking of your past life at Home Depot, y'all, Jamie Davidson's current warehouse in Atlanta looks just like a Home Depot. The first time I walked in there, I was like, oh, Home Depot. So yeah, that comes full circle that you started out your uh, career at Home Depot yeah it
1: was it was uh, not always fun there, but you do learn a lot of fundamentals of at least this aspect of this topic from I had an advantage with that experience. Um, uh, just a couple other things I would add to kind of more granular uh, specific on the Amazon world is when it comes to forecasting, you know it's really about understanding uh, your sales rate. you've got to really forecast that you know what your current rate is, but your historical uh, trends are. and then, understand like the market trends a little bit. Like I know you know, as we get into Q3 and Q4 with the holiday sales, of course, the trajectory for most products is going to change a lot. Um, so you've just got to make sure you do it. It's not super complicated. You can do it as simple with an Excel spreadsheet. We did that. As you get bigger and grower, there's, there's certainly more advanced tools. Uh, you can do that, but you just have to have a really good sense of what your historical rate has been, your rate of sales, and then any current factors or any factors you see coming up that it may increase or decrease your sales.
0: Yeah, that's good advice, especially because you have to have your inventory management down so that your replenishment process is dialed in. And when we're coming up to, especially going into Q4, um, what what do you recommend? Because I would say most products on Amazon are going to see some big growth in. Uh, mm-hmm. December well November and December
1: yeah so a couple things come to mind way, which is you know just building off the self forecasting tools uh, again nowadays there's more tools than ever available so I would look into looking at one of the automated inventory management tools. So you know there's a lot of softwares out there that uh, you can look that are pretty good at that there's you know helium 10s stuff there's so stocked uh, there's just more tools than there's ever been. Uh, but again, don't get overwhelmed by it. You can do it as simple as an Excel spreadsheet. Uh, but especially as you get more SKUs, I definitely recommend using one of those tools. Um, the other thing which isn't talked about a lot is you always say there's an art and a science when you're talking about sourcing products, which is your relationships with your suppliers are really important uh, because they will have flexibility if you have good relationships with you and you communicate ahead of them. They have the ability to uh, to move faster for you when you, at times you need to, if you have a good relationship and if you set that expectation so that they understand, hey, at times, you know, unexpectedly we had a huge spike. I need you to move this up and get this to as quickly as possible. Um, so that's, that's one thing. And the other one is, part of the reason why we have our own warehouse, uh, which you don't need to have, but you can have a 3PL or you can use your own, you know, your own garage or, or basement is recommend having safety stock um, on hand if at all possible outside of Amazon right so if you're sourcing from China and you've got to get all the way from China you know air freight certainly very expensive that is not uh it's a, it is a solution to help mitigate but it's a tough one so ideally you have a stock somewhere in the country you're selling if it's in the US either a, a 3PL or in your own uh you know either your own home or your own storage spot
0: All right, we've covered inventory management and forecasting. I want to move the conversation into two other areas, Um, expansion to international markets, and I also want to talk about expanding into retail. So for expansion into international marketplaces, when I was around, I think it was like $800,000 in sales for the year, I was thinking, okay, it's time to move into International markets, and it was my opportunity and time to scale. and I, I I really thought this, okay, I'm close to a million in twelve months. I should expand. Well, I didn't, but I had when I sold the business, I did have other marketplaces that wanted my product lined up for the person who bought my business. But I got some really good advice on the topic of when is it a good time to go into international markets? And the time has nothing to do with what your sales are. The time is when you have done everything in the market that you're currently selling in. So for me, at actually, the current time where I sell now is um, U.S., Canada, and Mexico. So I'm focusing on doing everything I can with my current brand to build in these marketplaces. And when I feel like I have done everything in these marketplaces, then I'm going to go into – um you know, hopefully Europe or wherever else I want to go. What do you think about that, Jamie? Yeah,
1: I love that advice and perspective, and it's changed over time because a few years back, before there was like a big market to exit your brands and you know sell your brand to either an aggregator or you know another buyer or strategic buyer, uh, I would I kind of more strongly recommended people to always look to expand at the right time, not initially, but you know now it's less about that you need to or have to. Uh, I certainly recommend what you're doing, which is North America, because uh, Amazon is geared for the, uh, next thing I have with the NARF, the North America the kind of remote fulfillment program if you want to do that, or uh, if you want to focus, you know, Canada's a nice market and Mexico is growing nicely as well too. So I think North America, if you're focused on that, is a, a good strategy. But you you kind of alluded to what my current recommendation thinking is. Is it's not necessarily so important that you go and launch into the UK and like because I agree, that can be distracting if you don't have, you know, kind of a strategic plan or team to help you manage it. But it is great if you can test out or determine that there is a market opportunity in some of these other countries because um, there's a phrase when you go to sell your business, which is it's not what the seller is selling, it's what the buyer is buying. And so I think you had this example, if I remember correctly, you had People inquiring about a product that was over in Australia or other markets. So, if the buyer understands that, wow, there's that runway, that potential for these other countries, and you haven't tapped into that, that's untapped opportunity for the next person. So, um, depending what your goal is, if you're looking to exit sooner than later, then I'd probably recommend not going to those markets because just have the story, because the story, you know, your story can be flawless because you haven't, you know, you don't have any track record there. If you want to be in it longer or you want to grow to, you know, 5 million to 10 million, uh, and you're looking for ways to scale then and you think it's the right time cuz you've done enough in your current market then then yeah you you know the the big markets certainly like Germany's big one the UK uh, of course there's several markets out there but uh, but those are kind of the next natural ones to to progress to
0: yeah that's good advice and i did have people reaching out from new zealand and australia and things i was thinking about when i was like okay yeah there seems to be a demand coming from there I was talking to brokers and one of the the reasons I put hit pause on doing it was there are cultural nuances and differences and difference of customer preferences in other countries. So it really is kind of like you're relaunching your product. And I was in I was growing probably too fast, so I didn't have time to focus on it. So it became part of my brand story and where the brand was going to go. But it was not the right time for me on the topic of expansion Jamie you built first on Amazon but then you moved a lot of your product into retail
1: yeah so the retail discussion is another one similar because it's it's like a different animal altogether so it's like just you know the international stuff at least you're still on the Amazon platform so that's good and so that makes it easy but the complexity of some of the things you mentioned. Also, there's different uh, different laws in different countries, different labeling requirements, different, uh, like I said, just different tax requirements, like VAT tax over in Europe, things like that. But you know, in terms of retail, it's interesting. Similar, it goes to with your bandwidth because it really does take you off of Amazon. I don't recommend it um, unless you're at scale, right? You get enough people. Uh, I would probably recommend selling on walmart.com or other online marketplaces before you do that. Uh, the pros of it, it is a good opportunity. You can get really good uh, kind of steady margins. So like there's a, a young man here who's actually Amazon business struggled a little bit for the last few years, multiple seven figures, but his margins have really struggled. He just got a, a, a purchase order and agreement for Walmart for the year. That's going to give him like 15 million in sales or 10 million. I think it's 10 million in sales through Walmart is projected at a 30% margin he set for. So that's like that's like a really good dynamic and kind of a home run. But what we found, because we did both, we went in and then we came out. One of the challenges to keep in mind too is the packaging has a different requirement. So, you know, to hang our product up at Best Buy and we're dealing with cell phone cases, that uh our package had to be like had to have the little hanger on it and hook for it, which increased our cost. And so we had to make a decision that, hey, we really want to sell through Amazon. And so as much as possible, or other e-commerce platforms. And so we really want to minimize every aspect of our packaging. And so we actually end up backing out of the retail. So you just got to weigh the pros and cons. Uh, You know, it's certainly a lot of opportunity out there, but again, make sure you don't get too distracted trying to do too much.
0: Yeah, I think that's great. So just a quick recap for our advanced strategies for scaling your business. We covered inventory management and forecasting. Very important topic as we're leading into... Q3 and Q4 for holidays and expanding into international markets and different platforms and retail. And Jamie, you shared that story about Walmart um, and there's the walmart.com platform. But then there's actually getting on the shelves in Walmart and uh, my product that for the brand that I sold, not my current product is. Um, I saw it as opportunity for both and my product ended up going onto shelves in sporting goods stores. But um yeah, you you I always want to clarify when we talk about Walmart. It's like the platform and it's also
1: Yeah, there's the marketplace and then there's the stores.
0: Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jamie, it has been a pleasure digging into our advanced strategies today. Thank you for joining the 15 minutes of fearless. And until next time, stay fearless. If you're already selling on Amazon, or you're looking to get started and you want my help, go to amzfearless.com to book a free strategy selling session. We can see if we can help you out. That's amzfearless.com. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Fearless Sellers, the Women of Amazon podcast. Until next time, stay fearless.